with events ranging from half marathon down to 3k junior or 1.5k all abilities the warnable running festival has your family covered take in the very best of warnable city from saturday the 17th to sunday the 18th of september 2022 enter now at wboolrunningfestival.com.au Episode number 251 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. Bit of a light show this one. Not much on our agenda tonight, but thanks for giving us a bit of your attention, a bit of your time, and listening to the show for hopefully the 251st edition, if you've been here since day one. Welcome to my co-host. is up in Canberra, Bradley Croker. Welcome to you on this fine Monday evening. Thanks, Brady. It's uh, good to be here. The the birds have started swooping and it's uh, almost footy finals time, so spring must be just around the corner. Yeah. Cats. Cats. Cats are looking good. The Geelong Cats, Julian Spence, welcome to you down in Anglesey. How are you going? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, cats, top of the ladder. Up and minor, about. Minor premiership. Pity. I know it doesn't mean much, but they were the class team all year. Pity they don't get a home final, though, finishing the oh. top of the ladder, eh? It, it's so... It's... Yeah. It's rigged for the big clubs, isn't it? The big successful like, clubs, yeah. Yeah, the ones that have the cash. They have all the, the nuffy supporters like you. Just pay, pay, Are you a paid-up member? No, I'm not a paid-up member, no. Mm. I only yeah. follow it when we win, so it's no point being a member because it's only like every fifth or seventh yeah. year or whatever. You know when Collingwood win each week because Brady puts a photo up on Strava? Oh, yeah. I've been dropping. I've been losing followers doing that, though. I checked this <laughs> so morning before I put it up, and That's then I checked this afternoon. Lost about it's 30 like, Carlton supporter followers, that one. Well, it's like, it's like us when we start talking about politics. Yeah, let's, happened, get back, let's get back on the running, boys, because bits happen in the running world. If you want to check <laughs> out uh, Collingwood Podcast, I think there's one called Pies Nation, which is pretty good, so head over there and listen to those fellas. Uh, how are you, Moose? How's your mum? What's going on in your life? Um, she's she's good, actually. So that was... that. It's been like another massive week, really, because um, she had her surgery on Wednesday. I'm not sure when we recorded last time if it was booked or not. I yeah, think it was. It was. Yep, you said yeah, it was okay. Wednesday. Yeah, so um, went up to Melbourne on Tuesday, uh, and I stayed up Tuesday evening. So Wednesday morning, um, I walked over to where she was staying and walked to the hospital with her. Like she's kind of using a stick cane thing. And um, and then she went in, and it's 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 just a real long wait after that. So they take her into surgery at eight o'clock or eight thirty maybe, and um, we just sit around. They the, the the surgeons and their staff just tell you, we will call you. Uh, it could be this time, could be this time, could be tomorrow morning. We'll call you as soon as. It, it's ready or we're ready to call. Um, so they just don't like people calling them, obviously. But after 12 hours, so by 8 p.m., 
we still hadn't heard anything. And by that stage, you're like, oh, shit, like, I wonder if they got my right phone number. <laughs> um, and you start thinking, like, second guessing. But it turns out they called my sister. They said it's all gone pretty well. Um, that was, what was that at, like, I think it was about 13, 14 hours. Uh, so under for quite a while. They uh, Since then, she's, like, mum's had multiple MRIs just to see how much of it they got, whether there was any damage to other areas of the brain. And all the MRIs have been really positive. So, yeah, it's it's definitely a better vibe um, in this house because things are already improving. Like, the, so I went in Thursday and 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 sort of met her in her ward, and she was it wasn't like it was she was still I think affected by the drugs from the day before, and she was very out of it, like. Uh, had no like um, awareness of where she was, why she was there. She couldn't speak, so her face is still like this. But it's like because they messed around at the back with the nerves there, and all her face is kind of droopy, like she's had a stroke, and she has trouble talking. But Thursday was kind of a scary day because the, the phone call Wednesday night was like, "Oh yeah, it's all gone well." But then we went in Thursday and they, they said to us, so it's not maybe not gone as well as we thought. There's a few effects um, that we like side effects that we weren't expecting. And uh, then I went in on Friday and things had improved greatly. And uh, that was like a great feeling to know that. Um, and today I visited. So I came home Friday night, visited today, and she was speaking like she had these tremors, like hand tremors, before the surgery, and the hand tremors have gone already. Um, and she's got better, like she's better cognition, I guess you'd say, where she can hear, like she can understand things better already. She can talk to me properly, um, so it's 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 great. She just can't walk at the moment. She can't write. She has trouble eating still. Has trouble pronouncing words because because um, her mouth doesn't work properly. But apparently all of that will come good within six months. Um, so one more day on the ward. They're trying to get into a rehab facility now where she'll stay for another extended period of time where they, they she does physio to get back to walking. Um, they help her basically get to a point where she can go home and live. So, yeah, it's been a huge another week. Uh, I've probably underestimated how much it drained me um, like emotionally without realizing it just because there's shit that you've got to do like i've still got a business running in the background but like i've got an amazing team of staff who have stepped up and and kept the place going so well like they don't contact that's they've just i'm really proud of how they've kept the store going so well they haven't contacted me about trivial issues and um They've just taken care of business. It's like it's been like a great, great team in there. Can't thank them enough. Um, but there's there's shit that you just got to keep doing, like when you got a kid and all that sort of stuff. So it just sometimes you just lie down and you're like, oh my god, I'm fucked right now. Mm, uh, when it hits you, yeah, it all just catches up. Like I had two nights sleep where it was pretty good, and then I woke up the next day thinking, 
I'm good. I'm good today. And then by lunchtime, I'm like, I've got to have a nap. I'm like, I'm fully exhausted. I haven't done anything. That's good. Though. But on the, it's good. Yeah, it on the great. better side of it, all positive. Great. And I think I, I probably underplayed last week how significant Jost the physio was in all this. Like, we went to the physio for vertigo and Jost is so brilliant at what he does as a physio, he's picked up a significant issue that even the GP hadn't that mum had gone to previously. Um, and he was like, he's the, he's a bit of a hero in all this. So if you're after a physio, Joe's Pashley down in Torquay, he's your man. Like he's our, he's the favourite man in this house now. He'll always, <laughs> he'll be, he won't, get a coffee or a beer. You know, I never have to pay for one of them again if I'm around because he's like, he was he was amazing at what he did. Interesting you say that because Carly got back from her long run on um, Saturday morning and then she listened to the first like hour and a half of that episode and she said to me, why didn't you ask Moose more about how Jose knew um, yeah. about yeah how to identify that? And I'm just like, oh, that was interesting that that was the thing you, you thought we missed and now you've brought up again. So, so I read a letter that he had written for me to give to the emergency department when we got there. And the letter, so he'd written this up during the appointment that mum, well, while mum was in there. Um, he basically just wrote like, I did all these tests. These were the outcomes. I, I strongly suspect that this is the cause or this is one of the issues that might be going on. Um, and all these tests I'd never heard of. I mean, I'm a, not a physio, but I just don't, I don't think it was a normal physio. I don't think a normal physio could have done that. That's my thoughts. Like, I think this was a result of him being an absolute expert in his field, which he does specialize in this dizziness, like head balance stuff. Um, but even just him and his intuition, like, some people who have a great intuition with, with, with certain things, like a coach might have a great intuition with, with a runner. Well, this, this guy has a great intuition with this stuff. Mm, good shout-out for Joe. Well done. Tell us mm -hmm. about the running you fitted in around the week. Well, funnily enough, it was the biggest week that, I'd ever, that I've run since um, oh, early March. Uh, I think it was because there was lots of waiting around. Um, and I could go and run. Um, so on Monday morning, I ran 8K, ran Anglesey. Uh, heart rate's getting better, pace is getting faster. So that's a good sign. Um, ran another 8K on Tuesday morning before we headed up. Oh, no, I went to work Tuesday morning, sorry. Uh, went to work on Tuesday. So just ran 8K again. Uh, I did some strides during or surges through that. Then on Wednesday, I ran with Bree in Melbourne. So Bree and Pia came and stayed in Melbourne. And we got out in the morning. My sister looked after Pia so that we could go for a run. And so we went and ran down around the tan um, and back, basically the loop I did the other day. Actually, got <laughs> it got kind of quick in some parts. Bree, although she's doesn't do a lot of running she's very competitive and um we were running around the tan and <laughs> you know if you run around the tan and you're even slightly competitive 
everything turns into a race with people around you <laughs> and you start hunting people and you will not let anyone pass you and um and that that kind of happened uh but then she got back to the hill going back and she bonked pretty hard she just basically ran a threshold until then we got to a strong uphill right at the end and it was all over um i just the next day was the wednesday i was kind of um oh no sorry the next day was the thursday I just got out for uh, six. I just ran around the Carlton Gardens. So this is actually a pretty good spot if you want to do a workout. You're in Melbourne. It's a good little hilly tempo loop. Um, it's all concrete, but you only like you can get half an hour. I listened to the Sean Crichton interview, the A and B. Interesting to go back and listen, given the um, selection dramas with Abby Caldwell and Sean's take on selection. And also hearing about uh, his thoughts on why our marathoners aren't performing like our marathoners used to. What you, I haven't listened to the whole thing yet, but can you summarise what he say? Well, when he was a younger athlete, he missed out on a team controversially, um, and it almost put him off like running for Australia again. And he thought, "I'm never going to let this happen again." And in my mind, I'm like, well, this is what's just happened to Abby Caldwell. Um, and, I, like, we don't know the ins and outs or the intricacies of the selection, but, it, like, she didn't get selected when it was almost up for discretion, I guess. Um, yeah, just kind of mm -hmm. found, like, I found that um, it, it was very similar to that. Mm. But if there's and, six and, on there, it is the only one voting for her to be on. If, well, I don't, if yeah, was, that's yeah. right. We don't know. That's It would be great mm. to hear the in, like no one knows and what's going on with it like explain justify the selection anyway um that what was, do you say about the marathon stuff uh he, he one of the things he said was that we, we all go out there and try, everyone's trying to run two two six two seven off the bat but no one wants to go and run two sixteen two fourteen two twelve two ten so i think he wants people to learn the marathon before just going out and having a big swing at it. Oh, get them on the board, have a successful thing and then work it down. Just feel it out a little bit. Just have a few experiences where you're comfortable before you just go and put it all on the line. Like, don't do that in your debut. That's what it sounded like. Okay. Um, around 10K the next morning, and this was one where my, my heart rate was pretty good. So I actually ran 418s. For, for the 10k and I ran around Princess Park uh, and yeah I think my heart rate was still down pretty low there so this was a sign I was getting fitter um, Saturday I did a workout so went out on Saturday evening um, to Paraparap and ran 10 minutes at threshold and then I did 8 by minute on minute off and then I did another 10 minute threshold I wore the Adidas Adios Pro 2 really don't like that shoe like i've given it a few chances now but it's not going to be coming out again just feels hard doesn't feel rocket enough not poppy there's just no magic to it like there are in other super shoes so that one's going on the shelf um the workout was okay so a 10 minute fresh it's like three sixteens, but i think it was downhill then the minute on minute offs um mechanically i have trouble getting like being fast enough to get my heart rate in a really tough place for that minute 
Um, I think if I did like six by two minute on, one minute off, I would have really hurt. But the minute on wasn't long enough to put me in the box. So um, it was good. It was fine. Like, and then I went into a 10-minute threshold and averaged a fair bit slower. I think seven seconds slower than the first 10 minutes. But the threshold pace and rhythm just suits me so much better at the moment. So I think I might do a few more thresholds, um, longer tempo. I know it's not quite as good for my knee to be doing the longer volume workouts and the slower like that. It's probably better to do short, shorter, more intense stuff with lower volume. Um, but I just enjoy the longer stuff. So we'll see how the knee pulls up. I ran 70. Oh, next day I ran, um, ran like 16K. So that's a long run for me at the moment. Um, ran with the group, which was cool. Uh, everyone talking about Ballarat and getting ready for Melbourne, Chicago, uh, mainly Melbourne though. So 75k. Good week with a lot going on. Fair bit going on. Uh, I'm going to have a down week this week. Had a day off today. So just pull back a little bit before Burnley half. You're going to do Burnley. I was going to ask that. Yeah, it's outside my... Um, it's a long way. Really outside my uh, <laughs> my field of play right now. But don't care. Going to no, do it. No risk in it, though? Not worried about it? I don't it. think so. Okay. Like... Pacing will be pacing will be key. Like you'll be fine with the half. It's just you got to pace it right. The mm-hmm. current current fitness. Yeah, that's going to be a massive issue because every single other race I've done in the past has always got through on strength, and I just don't have strength right now. So I'll feel good for maybe like 13, 14k probably, and then it's going to get pretty difficult for me. So even pacing it, it'll be hard to come home strong. With the with the long like I don't do long runs, so it'll be hard to come strong home strong without long runs in my legs. There's a lot of people that happens in athletes who tour our races. So the longer the distance, the more the mass of the field is in that same boat. Yeah, do you, you know mean, what I mean? Running off smaller mileage, smaller and, mileage, yeah. not suited to twenty one k. Probably don't want to be there. Maybe just getting points for the team. Um, yeah, yeah. So it could there could be a lot of people in the same boat? I think. Well, we saw that at um, at Ballarat on the weekend because we had guys who came 80th or 85th or something at Albert Park, and they were in the mid 30s at Ballarat. Mm. Yeah. So you see it at Cruden Farm a bit too, the 12k cross country. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Good week, and then into yeah, down week, then a half marathon for you, Croaks. What have you been doing? You uh, back. Been racking up a few Ks, yeah. Like nothing, nothing special in terms of sessions, but overall volumes increasing each week. Uh, it's not really going to increase much more than what I did on the weekend. Um, also, last week, uh, yes, I started off Monday, standard two laps of mulligans at four thirteens, and then after work on Tuesday, I've just like I do want to start doing more sessions outside, but doing one session a week on the treadmill on a Tuesday after work is just. It's more convenient than anything. It's like, you know, I get home at four o'clock after work and then if I go and drive somewhere and then train, like I don't get home till like 6.30, 7 o'clock, whereas I can be on the treadmill at 4.30 and finish a session at 6 o'clock and I'm home and then I can help, you know, put the kids to bed and stuff like that. So it's just convenient to do one, at least one session a week on the treadmill on a Tuesday after work. So um, I did six by six minutes. 
Um, the previous week I did five by six at uh, like 325 per kilometer pace. Um, I did the first two reps this week or that week at the same pace at 326, but my heart rate was a fair bit lower. So um, the last four reps I did at 320 kilometer pace, which um, my heart rate at 320s was even lower than what it was the week before at 326s. Uh, so that was um, that was encouraging. Yeah, got through six of those. Uh, and then Wednesdays, I don't work Wednesdays, so I can um, get out for a, a two-hour run uh, in the morning. So, um, yeah, my first uh, first encounter with a magpie for this season um, during that run. So I'm guessing the next, what, four to six weeks, I'll be, um, yeah, swooped a fair bit. But uh, it did two hours, 406s, um, so it was just over 29K. Uh, Thursday... My, it's my shortest run of the week. I just do 45 minutes. Um, that was 4.12s. And then Friday, I was <laughs> going to go out and do a session, but I decided just to jump on the treadmill again. Um, this time, I just did a straight tempo. Uh, 3.26s uh, averaged, uh, I think, like 161 heart rate for the whole thing. Um, heart rate crept up a little bit over the last, like, five, ten minutes, but it just does in the garage. Like, you, you just don't... Um, cool down quite like although it's not hot you just don't cool down you sweat a bit um but yeah kept that um yeah it was pretty pretty controlled uh saturday did my first double in a while actually so i did an hour in the morning out at mulligan's 414s and then uh went down to yerby pond and sort of did a couple of laps around there on the bike path at 411s and then sunday i uh, decided to run from home just because if I run from if I run at Mulligans, like to try and get two and a half hours in, like I'm doing lots of different loops. Whereas I can sort of get nine k in uh, before I even get to Mulligans if I run from home. So uh, I did two and a half hours, um, which got me just over thirty seven k. Half of that would have been on um, gravel, half of that on the bike path. Uh, so yeah, it was a week of one hundred and fifty k. Like happy with the. Like my sessions, like I'm not doing a lot of quality in the sessions. Like it's a lot of longer, slower stuff. Um, so the emphasis is obviously on those two longer runs a week. Um, I feel like they're, I'm getting stronger each week because two weeks ago I did 30K at like four minute Ks and I had some DOMs the next day. Um, last week I did what, 33 and a half K um, and like took a gel sort of an hour 45 into that run. Whereas on Sunday um, I did that whole two and a half hours without any, um, any gels or any, uh, any fluids. So I'll do another two and a half hours this week, um, but I'll, I will go a bit slower. And then the following week I'm going to do a um, run around uh, Lake Burley Griffin in super shoes, maybe like 20, maybe 20 to 25 K at, I don't know, like 335s to 345s with a you know short warm-up and cool-down. Just do one sort of faster long run once hey, a month. Can you say that again, please? You're going to do one, how far was it? Uh, I'll do like maybe 20, 20 to 25K, like three 335s to 345s. Okay. Um, so yeah. like 90% of marathon pace kind of thing? Something like that, yeah. yeah just do one of those once a month. Um, yeah, I probably won't run as many kilometres as what I've been doing in the two and a half hours because I'll if I do 25k and then do like you know a 3k warm up, 3k cool down, it'll be more like probably 32k for the day. Still, that'd be tougher than two and a half hours, wouldn't it? Yeah, I don't know. In super in super shoes around Lake Burley, it's pretty flat. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I actually reckon two and a half hours 
at four minute, or say three fifty-five to four minute over hills, would be harder than ninety minutes at three forties for you. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, so, and that's why I think for these two and a half hour runs, like, like, you know, I think when I was doing two hours, I can get away with running like close to four minute Ks, but doing it for the extra half an hour, yeah, it might make me a bit stronger, but it, it like, I'm definitely noticing it does bang me up a bit more for the rest. Like, you know, um, like my back and hips just get a bit tight. So I think I need to focus on running two and a half hours, but doing it more at like four fifteens to four twenties over the hills. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to try and try and do. And then what's the update on Fukuoka? I think you've got uh, some details. Yeah, not good actually. Well, that that um, yeah. So there was an update last week, midweek, that the um, standard was two twenty four um, to get in, which was good Tick, given that I that. yeah, given that I ran like two twenty three thirty odd um, Gold Coast, uh, and it was capped at a hundred and was hundred and ten Brady. I think it was one hundred and ten yeah. fastest. Yep. But the issue is it's hard to get into Japan from, for Australians at the moment. Um, back when I did Lake Biwa and when you guys probably did Lake Biwa, you didn't need, you didn't need a visa. Um, but now with the pandemic, Australians need a visa and they're only letting people into Japan for business um, or to basically go and see relatives or if you're part of a tourist um, tour. So, like, that's going to be the issue, I think, racing in Japan is getting a visa to get there. Yeah, just claim for it for work, mate. I'll write a letter to them if you want. Yeah, so... Run podcast. I reckon you could get that. I yeah, reckon you could get that. You could get I, that work thing. Well, I would need, yeah, I would need Fukuoka to write an email. Or you basically get invited, I suppose. So I would need something from the race um, to probably get me a visa. Um, but I'm not sure they're going to do that for a guy that's run 223 yeah wouldn't the harder bit be being in that top 110 people uh i don't think so like if you look at any i don't know you look at any of these top races like lake biwa like there's never been 100 there's never been 110 people run 223 like if you run 223 in any on the entries though not what they do on the day maybe but then in that same article they said that um there's a lot of Japanese, like most Japanese don't like running a marathon that time of year because of the um, Ekiden season. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's the update. It looks like there's going to be a few a few hurdles. Um, entries don't open till mid-September. And then is it like once your entries in and they've capped those numbers, you're all good or do they boot the slower guys? Yeah. Well, I guess they, I guess they have like a period a of qualifier? entries. I think it'd be more like entries are between september 12 and september 27 and then they look at who who are the top 110 at that point yeah when 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 it when entries close not a lot in the race 110 no no but it might mean everyone gets drinks that could be good and then croaks what's the situation because fukuoka fukuoka finished but now it started back up so is it under like different management or ownership or something do you know what's going on yeah i think well i think the newspaper used to own it so yeah it must be different owners uh, but there's also there's two Fukuoka marathons like this one's like the international I guess elite only but then there's another one in November which is open to the masses um, so but like obviously the one I want to do is the the international one um, look I, th- I think the biggest issue is just going to be getting the visa so but uh, I guess I'll find out more 
once entries open um and you know things might change you know i might between now and september the um the visa conditions might change mm. but yeah not not ideal like you'd think that the world would be starting to open up now well i think it has everywhere else yeah i don't think there's those issues anywhere else in the world because I was sort of motivated. I can't remember which day it was that I saw that um, Japan Running News update about Fukuoka, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. It's like, you know, I've sort of got something to, to train for. Like, you know, December's far enough away to get, like, in really good marathon shape, and I can do it properly. Um, and so I was a bit up and about, and then I got online, um, like Smart Traveler or whatever it is, and just looked into it, and, yeah, there's all of these like require like they're just real strict now with giving out visas. Mm. Um, and yeah, so unless I unless I get invited by the event and, and sort of classed as work, then um, yeah, then I'm probably not going to get there. I reckon you got to flick Nick Bado an email. Mm. He's always got <laughs> athletes racing over there in Japan. Just see if you can do your solid. Get your yeah, letter. He's, he's got good athletes. <laughs> you, were, you were good once. You're still good. What are you talking about? You'll break 220 over there going by your training. Anyway, yeah. that's that's the update. <laughs> See how you go there. Tell you about my week, eh? Want to hear this? You're, yeah. you're back. You're back. back. Yeah, had a few. Yeah, got a good one on the board on Saturday in my tempo, but I'll get to that when we get to Saturday. Hmm. Uh, Monday, 60 minutes easy, 4.36s, and then 30 minutes in the afternoon at 4.27 pace. Tuesday, did a fart leg with Archie. We did uh, five minutes, four minutes, three minutes, two minutes, one minute, off a minute jog in between. So um, that goes for 19 minutes. I like this workout. My only rule is that you've got to get quicker as the reps get shorter. So it's a good way to settle things down at the start. So you don't go out too hard because if you go out hard, then it's really hard to actually progress that pace. So um, we were 315, 308, 304, 256, and then 253 for the one minute wrap. That was good. Good to, um, yeah, do a session. I ended up working Tuesday, so I taught four days last week. So um, so yeah. you run together that that with Archie? Yeah, yeah, we did that one together. I had the um, the five, he had the four, then I had the three, he had the two, I had the one. So, so you do the, so you're about the same fitness then? I'm probably a bit fitter than him at the moment, but he's coming on quick. I think he was what eighty fifth at Bandura and then um fifty something at Albert Park and then sixteenth at Ballarat, so he's getting fit pretty quick. But this was this was pretty in control for me. I'd say this was more at his fitness level than my fitness level. But I was also coming off thirty six and a half K forty eight hours earlier, whereas he was coming off ninety minutes. So I think this was a good in between one. And it probably shows because in the afternoon I um I did thirty minutes, no pace on my watch. But when I got home, I averaged four thirteen. So I just put in my caption there, covering the ground well, which is odd for me. Like very rare that I run that pace on a afternoon run. Um, I'm not sure if it was because I was activated during the workout that morning, or maybe the workout was a bit easy for me. But um yeah, Tuesday afternoon, after a day of work, covering the ground really well. Wednesday morning, got out for two hours midweek before work, so 6am to 8am, sitting at my desk by 8.50am, which was a bit of a long day at work after you've been running for two hours before that, Uh, averaged 4.17 pace, that was alright, went out to the mountain bike track again on the single trail, a few slow k's through there at about five minute pace uh, on the single track there and then got rolling a bit. Thursday, 70 minutes at 4.28 and 35 minutes at 4.26 
Friday was pre-race 12k in the morning and 6 by 20 second strides and 8k in the afternoon at 4.17s. And then Saturday morning, I got out for 15 minutes before we got in the car. And then I went to Ballarat 15k. Um, I love Ballarat 15k. You ever done it, Croaks? You wouldn't have done it, would you, before? No, I've never never run a lap of Lake Wendery. Yeah, so the lap's about 6k, but we do like 3k. Or we do 1500 out and back, and then you do two full laps. So it's, um yeah, it's a cool, it's a big lake, lake though, isn't it, Moose? It's yeah. about 6K, mate. Yeah, but it, it feels bigger than that. When you're halfway across it and you look over the finish line, you're like, it feels like yeah. you're about 15K away. You're only on the second lap at that stage. I, I remember the first, um, first day I went to Ballarat, we, Bree and I went to scope out the town before we decided to even move there or anything. We just went down for a day to see what it was about. And I remember going to the lake, looking across it, going, I've got no fucking idea how far this lake is. Mm. Just, but just, it's such a hard thing to guess. It is. Um, yeah, no idea. Yeah, that's um, mentally, it could, it could cook a few people in that race, I reckon. So we did that, um, gun goes off. So I was really, like, I was planning to um, temp. I was going to go with the pack of guys I usually race with, and then if I felt tired and like junk, um, because I have had the last couple of races, I felt like I've been tired and, and not had much pop in the legs, I was planning to drop back with um nate stoat who i coach he was just doing a progressive run so i was gonna had the had the safety net to drop back and run 315 pace with him um and then just got in that pack gun goes off uh andre Waring, he was off the front of the group but kind of with the front pack for a lot of the first two k's before he took off and then kind of had his own race but our kind of chase pack which wasn't really a chase pack because we weren't really chasing andre we let him go, but we had a nice little pack of um, myself, Andy Buchanan, uh, Toby Mende, Reese Edwards, uh, who else was in there? Tom Thor, Parry Norman, you know, all these names. Moose, Dave Ridley was there for a while. Had this pack of air, yeah, probably 10 of us, um, just running together for the first, oh, I'm going to say, 7, 8K. We're probably just looking at low 3 minutes, 305s on the middle lap, or the first first lap from probably 3k through to to 9k thorpe he did a lot of leading there we pretty much all just dogged him just let him um lead when he was running into the wind around the back and then at about i'm gonna say eight and a half nine k your mate toby mende went to the front of the pack and just probably moved it from 305 pace down to three minute k pace and spat a few blokes out the back real quick um probably got the pack of 10 down to a pack of five six and then Reese Edwards at about, oh, I'm going to say maybe 800 metres after Toby put that move on, he put another kick like on top of Toby's kick. And those two boys got away. He ran a, um, a 254 for the 10th K, oh. which, left, um, which left Andy, myself, Harry Norman. We were the only three still in that pack. Now we were, I suppose, the third pack with Andre out the front. So uh, us three worked together and then we... Um, yeah, watched Toby and Reese go further ahead, and we could see Andre off in the distance. Went through 10k in 30:28, and then I was kind of leading our pack through 10k, but it was pretty windy through that area, and kind of ran to the side of the road, hoping one of the boys would take the win for me, at least take a k, because I didn't want it to slow down too much, because then you got quality guys behind you who can potentially get back on. And um, my bat brother, Andy Buchanan, come through and said, all good, mate, I've got the wind, sit in here. 
and he picked up the pace and we dropped Harry. And then I was just thinking, beautiful, I'm sitting in fifth position. This is going to be good. I'll sit behind Andy all the way to the finish line. He'll come fourth, I'll come fifth. And then we got to 13K and he... um. And Mono was actually on the bike around there. Moose, pretty good. He still gets out on the bike to watch the race there. 59 mm. years of age, Mono. We looked up his age on the drive over. And he was um, yelling stuff out like, calm the bats, go bats, stuff like that. Having a few jokes with Andy about their time in at the Commonwealth Games. And then Andy just turned to me at 13K and was like, I'm done, mate. Like, you go from here and see if you can pick up Toby. Which is a bit of a shock because I was like, oh, I kind of had this plan in my head that I was just going to sit here and chill out. But I um, had to leave him and tried to get Toby, but he was just too far, too far ahead. He was probably 15 seconds in front of me, and that's just too much to make up over 2K, especially if he's running, you know, three-minute K pace. You're not going to, well, I wasn't going to drop down to run 253s for the last 2K. But did um, did end up coming in fourth, 45.36, which was a 59-second PB for 15Ks, but you only do really run them once a year, I suppose, at Ballarat 15k, and it's been cancelled the last two years, so um, a rare distance to race, but a race I think I've probably done five or six times uh, before in my life, so a good yardstick, and it felt great the whole way, um, so yeah, I was, I was really happy with that one, highest performance, or finish performance for the year, but a bit weaker with um, National Cross Country next week, with a few guys not having a crack over 15k, Um. Did ate a burger in Ballarat afterwards, and then we got home at about ten past eight. So where did you get the burger from? Ah, uh, Main Street there, same street as your old store, oh, yeah. Bros Burgers or something like that. Rose Burgers. Bros Boys Burgers. Oh, like Boss Benny, Burger. Boss, Boss Burger, something like that, I think. Yeah. Um. So the bats went in there and had a had a burger before we went home, and then um yeah I just got out for ninety minutes Sunday at four thirty sevens tired just um yeah more men i just get tired from the travel as much as the running like the legs weren't too banged up but um just no no screens on my watch and just listen to the body and rolled 90 minutes which got me 159.8k for the week um probably should have just done an extra 200 meters there to get to 160 but all good i was just yeah focusing on time so a good week, ne- good race. Nearly a podium, nearly a podium. Mm. I've been third there twice and fourth there twice now, Moose. Yeah, Which, wow. um, well, initially I thought I was a podium because Andre, who won, wasn't on the entries. And then when we, because the first thing everyone does now at these AV races, because it's all live results, everyone goes back to their tent and starts checking the um, team scores to see how the team goes. And Andre was as individual. And then the boys are saying, mate, you, you've got the bronze medal. He doesn't count. You'll you'll move up to third. But um, they quickly changed that and, and put him as an, a registered athlete. So, well, yeah. Was he, um, did he how, – how come he wasn't part of it? Yeah, well, it was like, an interesting one because I know, I know our team manager, when the entries close on Wednesday and they release the teams, our team manager was up and about like because Box Hill are our biggest um, – our biggest competition, obviously, for the, the BATS team thing. And then when we got there and saw him warming up, our um, team manager nearly had a heart attack seeing him him warming <laughs> up there. Because, you know, it's a guy who's going to come come first or second. He's a quality guy. And then I think it was, I was talking to him afterwards, and um, he said there was a bit of a mess up with their manager, ended up contacting AV and somehow was entered but wasn't on the list. So... Um, yeah, he wasn't on the list, but he was meant to be on the list, and then they put him on the list, and he went and won the race, which we'll talk about a bit later on. But um, 
Yeah, it was good. Back in the Alpha Fly, first time since Melbourne Marathon. That's a good shoe, mm. that one over 15K. Loved it. Hitting the smoke. Good shoe on the road. We, we, mm. we undervalue road. the Alpha Fly, that's for sure. Oh, I don't mm. undervalue it. I think it's a great shoe. Mm. <laughs> Not many yeah. people in it compared to the Vapor, though. Vapor's still the favourite in oh, the ABC. Oh, boys. Guess what I... I, I saw an image today on an internal file. Had to go through about eight fucking passwords to see it. But I saw a photo of the Vaporfly 3. Oh, really? Yeah. Put it up on yeah. our Instagram page. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> no, all the photos are like um, have my name on them. So if you screenshot, you oh, know bullshit. exactly who shit. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like watermarked throughout so you can't touch it. But, yeah, saw that. Uh-oh. When's yeah. that coming out? No, I can't say that yet. Will it be much different? I'm, I can't say anything, really. Um, <laughs> well, don't want you to bring this shit up. Because <laughs> I think it's interesting. People will love hearing that. I mean, well, you're, I, just te- you're just teasing us, Moose. <laughs> I'll show you my phone one day. You can log on with me together. Yeah, after you can actually buy them. <laughs> when we're in person. <laughs> yeah, when it's on the running company, Geelong, and you actually select it to buy it. Um, so, yeah, good over there. Good day over in Ballarat. Let's um, thank some Patreon supporters, eh? Want to go first, Croaks? Yeah, all right. I've got uh, Jessica Jenke this week. Uh, oh. We found a 2034 at the Classy Brook Cove Park Run and a 89-minute half marathon at the Baker Hughes Perth Half Marathon. Maybe did run for the kids in 2012. Uh, maybe a 301 at Bibra Lake Marathon and possibly a 39-18-10K. So a lot of maybes and possibilies in that uh, bio, but uh, thanks for your support, Jessica. Yeah, you go with uh, quantity croaks and just hope you get a few of them right. Yeah. But thanks, Jessica, for your Patreon support. Moose, who you got? I have Jamie Beecham. So hard one, this one. Maybe ran Antelope Island 50 and the Gnarly Bear Endurance Run. Well, those, what are they, in Canada? Don't know, but they're great right? names, aren't they? Sound tough. The Gnarly Bear Endurance Run. Um, oh, maybe lives in Denver, Colorado. But then why would he be at Antelope Island? Mate, uh, he, you did Berlin Marathon. You know, we do travel, Berlin. don't we? We do travel. Um Maybe has run Boston Marathon three times in just over four hours and possibly done some triathlon. So, yeah, might live in Denver as well. Yeah. You ever been to Denver? Yep. No, I haven't. What were you doing in Denver, Croaks? Well, you're flying to Denver to get to Boulder. Been to Boulder. Yeah. Um, I think that race is in Idaho, the gnarly, that one? The gnarly bear. Yeah. Where's Idaho? Those two didn't sign up with addresses and stuff, so I'm really guessing when you don't leave your address. But I understand why you don't want to privacy East, items Eastern, these days. Eastern Idaho. What about Antelope Island? Where's that at? You were talking like you knew where it was at. Me? Yeah. That's in Utah. Oh, oh right. Is it? Yeah, great Salt Lake City in the US. Salt Lake City. That's why it could be Antelope Island. Because there's a lake there. Mm, could be. Some good geography on this um, section of the show every week. Hmm. Looks beautiful, though. Just next to Farmington Bay there. Anyway, thanks, Jamie, for your support. Good I'm on gonna, you, Jamie. I want to thank Rory Flanagan from Bendigo, Victoria. 
36.06 at Albert Park 10K a few weeks ago. He's got a 122 at the Wangaratta Half Marathon PB, 2.56 at Melbourne Marathon last year. Check out these splits, boys. Hour 28.38 for the first half, hour 28.10 for the second half. That's how you do it. Everyone knows the second half at Melbourne is tough as well. Um, maybe related to Shalane Flanagan, not confirmed there. Bendigo Bats team member. Did two laps at cool, of cooldown after the Ballarat 15K as he's preparing for Melbourne. That's dedication. After going around that lake two times during the race, that is a really good dedication mm. and has a shaved head. If you've seen him, seen him around, Moose, Bendigo Bat Boys. Hey, this I used is to Rory play footy Flanagan. with Rory Flanagan. Did you? Yeah, he was at, at down Anglesey. Was he? he? I think he or maybe got up in the ones once or twice. I may have played with him. But yeah, he was um, same guy. Yeah, yeah, same guy. Because I've seen him round and I recognise him. I'm, I see his name on Star a few times. I'm like, oh, Rory Flanagan. He used to be a chef. Okay. Uh, not sure what he does now. I can't remember. He did tell me. But then he, I saw him at a race. I'm like, fucking, that's Rory Flanagan. Um, and he came up. He's like, yeah, I listen to the podcast. And I'm like, that's so bizarre. That like this is a mm. long time ago. Brady, uh, sorry, Moose, go on. Oh, it was like 18 years ago, I reckon. Brady should have held off a couple of months and you could have said that he had a bat tat. Yeah, he'll be getting a bat tat for sure. Rory Flanagan. Oh, you've got to score in Div 1 to get a bat tat. <laughs> no, you don't need a score in Div yeah, 1. We're a no, team. You've got to the, score. Whole town, the whole town have bat tats. <laughs> no. If any, you've got to score to be in that. It's just like our T-shirts we did, Brady. No, we've done well, – well, we're, the committee is in, um, in the works of organising T-shirts at the moment and anyone can buy one. Because the pressure uh, nah. from the pressure nah. from the Div Four boys makes the Div One guys run better. Do you know what I mean? And the pressure from the Div Seven boys makes that no. you know participation the div... t-shirts. No, you want to buy one? It's... We thought Particip- we <laughs> actually we're selling them to guys from Canberra today as well, Crooks. People from Canberra are buying them. Did you? Are you still on the Bendigo Bats email list, Crooks? No, I'm on the university email list. Okay, no, wrong one. Because that's my club. Yeah, so there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's affiliated with the Bendigo Bats. We'll talk about the Bats in a second now. Ticket tape parade in Bendigo, is that the plan? You guys going to get the key to the uh, key to the city? Hopefully, because we're up by 20 croaks. We'll go to Ballarat News. Uh, we'll get there in a second. We'll go to the women's race first. Rachel McGuinness got the win. She ran 52.34 for the 15K. Shania Murray was second. She ran 53.41. And Kate Mason was third, 54.03. Points for the women. Glenn Huntley won again. South Melbourne second. Ballarat third. So a big run from the Ballarat team over there locally on their home soil. Uh, the latter, Glenn Huntley is well ahead there on 85 points. South Melbourne 70. Box Hill 63. After eight rounds, we've just two races to go. And the men's race, as I spoke about before, Andre Waring, he won quite convincingly. He ran 44.25 for 15K. Reese Edwards, 45.08 for second. And Toby Mende from Geelong, 45.23 for third. Bendigo Bats, though, uh, stunned the opposition with their point scoring, though. Having five in the top 17, scored 110 points. Geelong Cats, best result for the season in second with 160. And the Box Hill Horses were third in 213. The latter, Bats ahead by 20 points, 91. Box Hill, 71. Western Athletics, 62. Geelong and St. Stephen's, potentially a sniff for the podium. They're on 60 and 57. 
with two big ones to come. So we can't lose it from here, can we, Croaks? Nah, you guys are safe. But I reckon Geelong, Geelong are a good chance of getting up onto the podium given um, the half marathons to come and there's a fair few strength runners down there. Oh, yeah. yeah but I... the tan relays, we are not a tan relays team. <laughs> yeah. At 21k race into a 3k race. Yeah, that's that's not looking good for Geelong. Tell me, Glenn Huntley, didn't Glenn Huntley used to be like a powerhouse down there? Yes. Like, they're winning the, winning the women's, but what's going on with the men's down there? They're six in the men's. Uh, they were the next team I could have read out. So they're... <coughs> so they're a very iconic club down there. Yeah, um, six from 11, yeah. Yeah, they are for sure. Like, that... that wasn't that... Ron like, Clark? Ron Clark, yeah, yeah. exactly. And um, Wardlaw and all that. They're yep. all... They're... Um, they wouldn't be they real happy, would they? Well, they haven't won a premiership in a while, though. No. Uh, were they winning a flag around? No, they've been shit for a while. Not shit, but they haven't been, like, bottom of the ladder shit, like Geelong and Ballarat. They're still not bottom. There's 11 teams and they're coming six. But Yeah, um, I know. That's that's what I'm saying. They're not, they're not that bad, but they're not great. Yeah. Right? And they could, like, they used to be great. They used to be great, the team to beat. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's going to be exciting last two rounds. Here's your chance to run through Warnable, swinging by the island that inspired the movie Oddball, through the lush coastal golf course along rail trails and beachside promenade. Take a mid-run break and jump on the Flying Fox in the renowned Lake Pertobe Adventure Playground. The Warnable Running Festival is the latest iteration of the classic Coroit to Warnable Half Marathon. Now starting and finishing right in the heart of the iconic Flagstaff Hill Maritime Village, the festival has extended the event options to cater for everyone and is sure to be an event to remember. With a junior and all abilities event on Saturday and the longer events on Sunday and a field capped at 500 participants, this event is sure to sell out. Plan a weekend in Warnable for September 17th to 18th, 2022. Entrants all receive a finishers medal and a festival branded collapsible cup to keep you hydrated on the day. With huge cash prizes on offer for the first place finishers and a wide array of spot prizes, the entry fee is a real bang for your buck. Enter now at wbollrunningfestival.com.au to beat the price increase. Early bird discounts end August 31st at midnight. Adelaide Marathon, we might go there next, fellas. Got the results a bit further down. If you want to help me read these out, I might do the um, the 10K. That was the shorter distance for the day. Riley Cox, past guest, been on a few times, Riley. He won in 30.09. His brother Jacob Cox was second in 30.22. And Martin Lib- Lidbums was third in the 34.27. In the women's race, Izzy Bat Doyle, back from the... World Champs, Com Games, Com Games. She did the 10k and 5k over there. She ran 34.00. Zoe Toland, Patreon Sport Boys. Remember the Gang of Youths fan? Uh, Zoe, thank you. 36.01. Isabel Hume was third, 36.50 there. Tell us about the half marathon, Croaks. Uh, yeah, so in the men's, Lachlan Scott was the winner there in 67.59. Second, Robert Kilmeyer. That's a that's a name blast from the past. I reckon used to sort of race track against him, sort of more my vintage. Uh, he ran 68.58 for second, and Luke Mitchell was third in 69.13. In the women's, uh, Tara Palm, she's back from 
having a few injuries and surgery to win the women's in 75.04. Casey Wood second, 75.21, so pretty close there. And Grace Liebelt um, third in 83 minutes and 15 seconds. Moose, the marathon. Uh, the marathon. So, ladies, Hannah Oldroyd, Oldroyd won in 250, which I think was probably the run of the marathon. Um, Corrali. Oh, Coralie. I can't. That is too small. Coralie Duckworth ran 259.24, so snuck under three. And just got on the just got second from Holly Ranson, who also stuck on the three. Um, in the men's, David Forks ran two thirty two thirteen. Fraser Darcy ran two thirty two thirty three. Oh, there you go, twenty seconds at the front of the pack over a marathon. That's not a very big margin over a marathon. Mm. Alexandra, Alexander, Hennen ran two thirty five forty. So close one. In the, in the men's. Yeah, it looks like a good event. It's growing, isn't it, too, Adelaide Marathon? Like, you just seem to be getting this vibe that gets bigger and bigger each year. I don't know about that. Well, I didn't... Well, do you think that? Well, I think that because there's just no marathons in Australia and it's a yeah. huge opportunity to to potentially grow. I'm not sure what the numbers are. I reckon are. that WA Marathon that Jess did, oh, sh- she's put that thing on the map, I reckon. It's still like, like both of these races are still really bike pathy though, aren't they? Yeah, I know. I remember Bree did this oh, one. Yeah. This Bree did it. for Berlin, didn't she? Yeah, she she enjoyed finishing on the Adelaide Oval. I'm not sure whether they still do that or not. Thought that was pretty good, but it's pretty hilly. It's not a fast course. Yeah. So there's some good times there then. Um, the other bit of news I had, fellas, because this is a bit light on for news, but the National Cross Country Champs is this weekend, Saturday, in Adelaide. I thought we could just maybe talk about who might win it, who might come second, who might come third, who you're going to watch there. We might start with the women's race. Thanks to Dave Tarbottom for doing this write-up. He's uh, put on here South Australia's Tokyo Olympian Izzy Bat Doyle, fresh off top 10 places in the 5K and 10K at the Commonwealth Games, is the favourite going into the race. New South Wales Paige, Paige Campbell and Leanne Pompiani are her major dangers alongside home estates Caitlin Adams and South African 2019 World Cross Country, Country representative. Um, As Ain- that's Ainsley Van Gran. He didn't put her name there though. No, but that's who it is. Glad you knew that, Croaks, because as I was <laughs> reading this out, I'm like, he's missed the name. So uh, they're the people there, they're the big players. Samantha Phillips is also there, Georgia Hansen. Keely Small. I feel like Georgia Hansen is going under the radar. Won everything in Victoria this year, Moose, and the AV stuff that she's ran. Did um, she? Did did her and um, Lizzie Duncan have some races against each other? Yeah. Did she beat Lizzie Duncan? Oh, yeah, smashed her. Mm. Was it Bendigo? The eight k at Bendigo. Yeah, yeah. That so was she. Yeah, that's right. She was first, and then Lizzie was second. And I think or, the the twelve k Cruden Farm as well. Maybe not twelve k. Mm. Oh, did they run? I think the women ran shorter that day. They didn't do the. They didn't do twelve k. But yeah, every race she's ran in the AV Winter, and then she went overseas, and then she came back and won Albert Park. So I think that's like a. She's a huge danger. What she run overseas? She ran a three k. Um, not exactly sure what times, but he is known for the shorter distances. So maybe 10k cross is going to play into the hands of Izzy Page. It says here yeah, George's run 8:47 for 3k. Mm. Yeah, that would have been this year, like not long ago. 
So if it comes down to a kick, but cross country is tough, doesn't often come down to a kick. I reckon Leanne's yeah, going I'm on in Le- favourite here. I'm going for Leanne. I reckon Leanne will. Well, that's who I think's uh, in form over cross country. Yeah, I agree. City of the Surf is a great indication of how you're going for cross country. And I wonder how mentally, um, like, Izzy switched on for it. You know what I mean? When you go to a major championships and you come back and this is like two or three weeks later, it must yeah. be hard to get up for something like this. I know it's a national championship, but... Pretty yeah. rough on us not having her favourite, <laughs> actually, when you revisit it. Like, fuck, she just Izzy? went to the world champs, she went to the Olympics, the Con Games, and we don't have her favourite. What's she I done over I'm... cross-country, though? Does it does it matter that much? Mm. Like, do if you mean if you're class or if you're class in... above, you think? Yeah, exactly. But remember, Leanne ran fifteen. What did she run? Fifteen twenty four. Like yeah, Leanne's and only she ran like fifteen third, twenty seconds off her for five k. The third fastest time at City to Surf ever. When you think about yeah. all the top women that have run there, and she's only, you know, what forty seconds off um, Susie Powers' run, which like all, all the old timers will rave about how good that run was for, from Susie Power. So um, yeah, and I, I guess it's more about how much how how Leanne's recovered from City to Surf as well because it can uh, it can bang people up. And I remember when like I was sort of competing in City to Surf and National Cross, it was always a bit of a danger doing both of them um, because as you know, like City to Surf is a bit more like a half marathon plus you have the um the downhill at the end which really beats the body up so um but yeah i think it's probably between those two then yeah it's going to be a good battle i think how about we do a um a guessing comp on our instagram i'll give out a uh i'll give out an ernie old t-shirt oh that's a good idea yeah from the running company in geelong so we'll do an Ernie old. They don't even have to give it. I'll give it away. Jeez, um, look at this, Crooks. We should hype this. This is our national cross country. And we've got some good runners in that field and in the men's too. So how about we just, yeah. Yeah, read through the men's. Are you going to give away one shirt per race? Uh, yeah, all right. We'll give away Jeez. a lady's shirt. So, oh. Hang on, you're getting complicated here. Yeah, no. We'll give away... Do they make lady shirts? You got them in store? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if the winner's a lady, they get a lady shirt. Yeah, if the well, winner's yeah. a man, they get a men's shirt. That would be um, the easiest way. Read through the preview you're first. You're doing so well there, Moose. Yeah, <laughs> he was about to say something like, ladies can only guess on a ladies' race or yeah. something like that. You could tell he was burying himself. That wouldn't have gone down well. Um, men's, in the men's, they also run 10K. That's good of them to uh, drop the distance down, isn't it? 10k from 12 a mm. number of athletes with strong credentials to take victory this is david tarbottom talking liam adams could make history with a third title and fifth medal 213 45 marathoner ed goddard is always a threat and matt clark has been the best of a strong host state squad who should go one better than their team silver at the national cross in 2019 okay so tarby's picked south australia to win the uh, win national cross, yeah, and for listeners here as well, it's first four across the line per state score, yeah. not six like in Victoria. Why so, do they do that? It should be six. And yeah, I was talking to someone about it the other day. Oh, Lockie Heard, he was 
he seemed to think because some states don't send six, like say Northern Territory or ACT or, yeah, like it's easier for them to only send four. But well, we can't get four people from a fucking state to well, rock up and It's expensive to go to, mate. Remember, we That's spoke true. about that a few weeks ago. I don't know whether ACT would have... I don't know if ACT have six in the men this time around. Because this is we have insane. A, How can because, we not... Well, often we have people like Aaron Parker, for example. He lives in um, Canberra, uh, is Leanne's partner, trains with Dick Telford, but he runs for Bankstown. So... Mm. Yeah, you know, and like there was a year, like I was living in Canberra one year when I ran for New South Wales. Um, yeah, you are you are not loyal to Canberra. You know that. <laughs> I did run for ACT one year too at National Cross. Yeah, that photo we comes won, up on our won Instagram. A state, yeah, we won a state medal. Did you? Yeah. Who was in the team with you? Mm, would have been like Marty Dent, oh, yeah. um, Scotty I mean McTaggart. State medal. What's oh, like yeah, your team? Top three. So you, oh, you're top three. Mm, yeah. Um, but I got, I got Liam winning this one. Andy Buchanan is also in this field, but was a late entry, so he wasn't right. on this write-up. So we got we got Andy, we got Liam, Ed Goddard, Matt Clark, we got Isaac Hain, Riley Cox, uh, James Hansen, Jimmy Hansen, yeah, real yeah. smoky there, real smoky. What about um, Seth O'Donnell and Andre Waring as well? The Victorians, yeah, Seth, a bit erratic with his racing, but he's got better. Like the yeah. last two that he's won the last two, hasn't he? No, he won at Bandura the state championships, and that was much better than how he's been racing all season. And True. then he was he was sensible at Albert Park. And you know yeah. what I liked about Seth is he didn't go hard at Ballarat fifteen k because he knew this was coming up. Pull back, pull back. back. He's going to prime himself. So first off, let's, uh, yeah, I mean Liam Adams hard to beat over cross country or over anywhere. I'm going to go Liam too. I think he'll win. I want to go Isaac Hayne. Mm. I think his, uh, you know, the, what he does to people on the roads when he's back. I know he's been in Europe the last winter. So um, as his cross country form. Yeah, I'm not sure how he goes over cross. So it's a real risk on throwing this name out there. But I'm I'm happy to pick it and stick by it. I think he's I think he's got like just race instinct and tactics. I think he's good. And if he's with Liam with two, three hundred metres to go, I think he well, I think he can outkick anyone in this field like he's been doing in most of the road races. One Gold Coast 10K. Um, yeah, and then Jimmy Hansen. I cannot remember him doing a 10K cross-country race. But, but does he come off Europe and had a break, or what's the go there? Yeah, he won a Lonnie 10, and then he went to... Um, oh, he went what, to Europe. Yeah, but what was that race over in... Um, Oh, the the desert, Leonora. Oh, he went and did that and got some money for his flight to go to Europe, I think. And then I don't think I'm trying to think. Did he run three thirty eight in Europe for fifteen? I think he ran. I think he ran a couple of small PBs, maybe mm. over five. Yeah. Okay. Maybe like a thirteen twenty eight or something like that as well. Yeah. Mm. I'm I think sure so. he went down that far. Okay. But um, he's fit anyway. I think. But I haven't seen any. But there's no way Jimmy Hansen be coming to this if he wasn't fit. Um, well, yeah, it's an expensive trip if you're just making numbers up. Yeah, but they do have the prize money this year, so that's going to be exciting. Do we know anything about a live feed or anything like that? Uh, not that I know of. That uh, would be great, wouldn't it? Oh, just get him out on the golf cart. Yeah, he ran 337 NCAA style. <laughs> Best ever uh, viewing. Uh, 337 would... moose for... Three, three, yeah. I'm trying to see what he ran for... Um... 
yeah, the 5K. But... Do they ever stream Strom, though? Mm, don't think so. 13.34 in Norway he ran before overseas. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, so that's going to be interesting to watch. So, Brady, you've just picked the whole field. I picked Isaac Kane. Okay. Isaac Kane, here's my one. But don't yeah. be surprised if James Hansen, Seth O'Donnell and Andre Waring all have good ones and do not sleep on Andy Buchanan. Like, he's not, he's coming off the marathon, but give him an extra week and he could Andy be right. Andy Buchanan, Brady no chance. Box, 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 box and keep an eye out of my boy Nathan Stoke. Could be the fourth Victorian to get that national medal. Looking forward to seeing what happens with Victoria and South Australia. I think South Australia, like Dave Tarbottom said here, have pretty much already, um, yeah, think they've won it by the sounds of things. They're pretty cocky over there, South yeah, Australians. They're, they're very confident over here. Tony, you can't, a little bet on. I can't see New South Wales threatening. Um, I think it's going to be Victoria, South Australia there, and I think New South. Uh, I think in the Victoria are going to be very hard to beat. Maybe New South Wales actually in the women's. Paige, Leanne, Ainsley. Ainsley, yeah. It all depends on who your fourth is, doesn't it? Only as strong as your fourth runner. But anyway, that'll be something to look out for on the social media pipes from Athletics Australia this week. Hopefully, we see something. Listen to question, Crooks. All right. Um, do you think the Western world countries struggle with the marathon these days because it requires a longer focus and attention span that due to younger runners using social media and living in such a busy and distracted lives, it isn't there anymore in our runners compared to the East Africans? I wonder what Deke's screen time was when he ran 2.07 compared to some of our top marathoners at the moment. Adding the amount of track races and prize money and sponsorship deals for shorter events, and it's easy to see if you're a faster runner, you might want to maximise your career by running lots of different events as opposed to focusing solely on the marathon and obviously by spreading the focus around you're detracting from reaching marathon potential. be interesting to hear Old Man Moose's thoughts on this one. Last World Champs rep, fastest one on the show, and probably has the least screen time. So that comes in from Huia Park. Yeah, that's mm. a handle on Instagram. I'd say they own it. Good question. Moose, the least screen time. I reckon, listeners, behind the scenes, I reckon I get 38 messages from Moose every day. <laughs> no. no screen time. Nothing happens on Strava, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter in the Australian running world <laughs> that doesn't get screenshot by Moose and sent through to us. <laughs> that's, not, that's false. Um, <laughs> I just it does trick a lot of stuff does trigger me though so we know um, anyway uh, every time we have a conversation about the marathon there's always the question what is the difference between n- now and then and so I'm I'm open to hearing theories so this is a theory haven't heard this one in particular before but it I mean screen time. I don't think is good for anybody in any field or even in just general life. So I can't see that having a positive impact on, on anything really. Um, I'm not sure how specific it would be in terms of concentration and attention span for marathoning. Um, but screen time and high screen time leads to like, you know, uh, anxiety, waste, wasted hours, procrastination, um, I don't think it's very productive as a, as a human to be on your phone or in front of a computer or an iPad uh, in general. So, yeah, hard to link it to marathoning specifically, but perhaps there could be a little thing in there. 
Dollar yeah, I, I, uh, I don't think the, the screen time affects things that much. I do think that maybe um, like this day and age, like we don't have the attention span. Like we're looking for fast fixes and, you know, shortcuts in a way. Whereas, like back in back in Deke's day, Moner's day, Derek Clayton's day, like these these were they were hard men, and like they were basically willing to get out there week in week out, day in day out, two hours every Wednesday, two and a half hours every Sunday, and no one like you know there's a couple of people you see on Strava that that do log massive miles each week, but I don't think that there's any of our top marathoners or our top distance runners in this country that are doing two and a half hours every Sunday year round, basically. And so um, whether that's attention, like to do with attention span or just not interested in being out there for that period of time. Um, but I think that that was a big reason for their success was just lots of long runs over a long period of time. Oh, we've been saying this for months, haven't we? Years we've been banging on about this now, haven't we? We have, but, yeah, but, but no one's... You know, still no one's doing it yet. It's like, like you look seven at, weeks look out at Brett, from the marathon. Like, you start look at Brett. Doing it. Brett will start running two and a half hours at seven or eight weeks out. Like not doing it week in, week out like these guys were. Yeah, so you look at that as a year. If Brett does two marathons, he might do 14 weeks of long runs. Mm, of and two and a half, yeah. Deacon that might have done it for 40 out of the 52 weeks. Yeah. And then and, you and, times, that yeah. By, times that by 10 years. Deke's yeah, done 400 of them. Brett's done 70 of them. And that's that the right sort of, maths? I think so. Yeah, and that's sort of the experiment. Not that I'm at the, these guys' level or anything like that, but that's the sort of experiment that I'm doing at the moment, where I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to get to the point where two and a half hours on a Sunday feels like how two hours used to feel, yeah. um, because you know, I think that will prepare you well for a marathon if a two and a half hour run feels like you know how two hour runs used to feel. So here's my point about the concentration here with the, maybe not so much the screen time, but in the sport now, there are other things to concentrate on. Do you know what I mean? Like there's, as you said before, there's like quick fixes and hacks and things like that. You can jump between events much more than they did back when we're talking about Deke because the focus was the marathon. Mm. But these guys used to run 10 still, Yeah, they still off, would. Off, off but this that, marathon but training. That, but that'd keep their mileage up through it. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were running. They were racing every weekend. Yeah. So there's a lot more every shifting weekend. about, like, oh, I'm focusing on yeah. track now. I'm just doing 90 minutes for the next two or three months on my Sundays. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I, it, we didn't really. End. It's a hard question to answer. Yeah. Look, I don't think it's the screen time, but maybe the um, the willingness to get out there and you know do two hours midweek and do two and a half hours, uh, you know, every Sunday probably doesn't appeal to as many people now as it did back then because there are other things that you can do there there's netflix there's you know other stuff and at the end of the day like being out there for two and a half hours it's a bloody long time and it's not always that enjoyable talking about screen time did you say ed goddard raced with his phone in his hand at city of the surf when he comes second last week yeah, I, I a, saw that. Is a boy wants a bit of screen time? I, I heard like it's some superstition. Like he did it, you know, he did it for one race or did it for some reason, and it's sort of just become a habit now. Is it yeah. not like? Wouldn't it like slow I, you down, distract you, like heavy I, in I hand? I thought there was two two things it could be. One, he has some form of like, um, you know, some somewhere you get it, you can't like a comfort thing mm. you know like some people like 
carry their teddy their whole life. Oh yeah. I'm th- I'm thinking this is this mm. is his teddy bear. You know, he's really comfortable with it. He can't can't leave the house without holding onto his phone. Well, did you see the session? Uh, there was a video of him doing a session in London, and he was running with his phone and had like the music playing out loud. Like whereas you know, like most like if we want to listen to something now, we generally have it the music on our watch and we have our wireless headphones. He was just running with his phone with the music actually playing from his phone just out loud while, that, he's, while, while he's running through like Hyde Park or whatever. That's a hard no right there. <laughs> a hard no. If you're playing music, it goes in your ears for your ears only. Uh, no one wants to be out there listening to the shit that you're – and he's into this weird shit, rocky shit too from like the 80s. <laughs> No one's ever heard of it. He tries to be real eclectic. Hey, I thought you I thought you bought like a record player because you saw he had one. Didn't you remember uh, you went through that phase, Moose? That was purchase of the week one one week. I got a record player, not because he had one. <laughs> do you still I, do you use it very often? Of course. Just listen to Mr. Little James before, actually. <laughs> nice. Brilliant brilliant disc. I thought Ed inspired you to get that. No. Ed actually hasn't inspired me to do anything. Except, actually, he did inspire me to get a haircut, which I got last week, because um, I saw him and I thought, you can't be looking like that in public. So I straight to the hairdresser, straight to the barber. I thought he might have inspired you to try and run a minute faster. <laughs> Not yet. I inspired him to run a minute faster, I think. We have not answered the question, but we've had a discussion about it. Moose on the loose, purchase of the week. Oh, yeah. This was a while ago, actually, um, Albert Park. I remember at the time I thought, oh, that's not cool. We were at the 8K mark of Albert Park. Um, I was on the front of this group from probably 3K to 8K. Um, I didn't realise how big it was, but it was quite large. But about 8K, we basically passed the marker. And everyone just starts getting feeling a little better and gets a sniff for home. And then there's one bloke who rolls past who is a significantly better runner than who was the it? Group, the group that he was in, Harry Smithers. So well, yeah, former, he had a good one on the weekend. Did he? Yeah. Well, for, former Geelong Premiership runner used to run for Geelong. Then he's run for Melbourne. He's been all over the shop. Not not a lot of loyalty left with Harry, but he. Um, he comes past, I look over, I'm like, what the fuck have you been behind this whole time? Surely you should have been up here helping out. And he gives like this little bit of encouragement. Oh, come on, guys, you're going really well. Come on. I'm like, fuck off. If you want to be like, if you want to look after these guys, you should have been on the front the whole time. You should have done some work. There's no one's a hero now. Like you're so much better than these guys. You know what, Liam Adams, that bloke would have been on the front if he's having if he's sitting back in the field like he uh like sometimes he does at cross country to score points for Essendon he's still doing work he ain't sitting at the back of the pack just looking after himself he, he's brilliant at helping everyone else around him mm. and yeah so it's the last thing you want to hear at 8k from the bloke who's got a free ride come on boys you're doing great as he as he just strolls past and it's a tempo for him <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off, Harry. Nothing wrong tempo and races, boys, and sending some encouragement out there. He wouldn't have tolerated that if he was still in the Geelong singlet. He came 21st on the weekend, Moose. 
He's, 21st. He's oh, improved yeah. about 40 positions from uh, <laughs> yeah. Park. Yeah. So right there. You know what? I had one the other night, actually, Moose on the loose, but I got a good power move back to it. When a dog chases you, and I had a bit of a crack back at this guy, because this dog's like jumping over my leg and stuff, and I thought, I'm going to go with the line, mate, if you can't control your dog, put it on a leash. Because it really, there's nothing an old middle-aged guy with a beard, bit overweight, hates to hear more than he can't control his dog. So you put it on to him, <laughs> and then he just like, he was getting real fired. I'm like, look, mate, if you cannot control your dog, just put it on a leash. Simple as that. And then he was about to start swinging at me, but I got out of there pretty quick. But it's a real good power what move. What dog was it? Oh, someone, little yappy thing. You know those little yappy ones? You're like, is this going to take out my ankle, or like, what do I do here? Mm. And they chase it. The but what about the one? I had this on Saturday afternoon running around the lake. Guy, the dog is on a leash, but the guy's walking along with his phone in his hand, so he's distracted, and it's a big dog, and so the dog almost like pulls the owner across to your side of the bike path. So although the dog's on a leash, still pretty much jumps up on you anyway. Okay, well you should have said to him, if you can't control your dog even when it is on a leash, well, don't don't bring it out of the house. I did say did something, you? but I wasn't I wasn't quite as I wasn't quite as nice as that. Oh, what'd you say? Uh, I just give him a sur- like. I, I, I swear, because I'm yeah. like, yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, like you know, control your effing dog. Like it's you know you like what if it, what if it was little kids on their bike, which is you know that's what those areas are for, like little bike paths, um, kids learning to ride, and your dogs basically going straight across onto the other side of the bike path because you haven't controlled it, and even if even if it is on a leash. And it knocks that kid off the bike. Like, Even worse on a leash. Yeah, like be be like, be aware. Yeah, like yeah, good yeah, one. Pisses pisses me off. How close did it come to get physical, both of you boys? Oh, I wasn't my way off being physical. Well, I don't. Well, you know me. I don't like stop. I don't like stopping on my run. So I pretty much just like turn around and give him a spray and keep yeah, going, so. and then and then wonder whether right. I'll. Wonder whether I'll see him again on the next lap. Yeah. <laughs> next lap, you're looking the other way as if you never saw him before in your life. You take well, off your take off your no, long sleeve, so you got a single on and look different. I, I finish the lap and go, oh, it's a, it's a double run. I'll just do one lap today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll go out and back on this. Very good. All right, boys, that's the end of the show. What's coming up? Luzan Diamond League. This is big for the Australians. Hull and Griffith in the 3K. Bowl, Hoare and Stewie in the 1500. I think this is on Thursday night. So uh, that's going to be an interesting 1500 metre race, isn't it? Pete Bowl stepping up to a 15. Yeah, we ran quite quick before Com Games. What do you run? 3.36? Do you get... Yeah, something like that. You'd assume this would be paced a bit quicker too. So yeah. faster to, than that, actually. Being yeah. on the train. Hopefully Stewie's back to full fitness. Yeah, hopefully. Be interesting to see his result. We'll find out. Won't we, we will find out. And then, um, yeah, as we said before, National Cross Country's on. When's Comrades Moose? Ash Watson must be getting ready for that. Or be next weekend, maybe, next or weekend. the weekend after. Yeah, okay. I knew that was coming right. up as well. So, um, catch up with what I did you? Uh, I saw him from a distance after the race, and I thought I must get back to seeing him. I think he was ch- chatting to Andy actually. And then I kind of went back in that direction after I changed my shoes and didn't see him. He had the pram. Had the pram oh, out. Did he really? Yep. That's not like him. I think mm. he had a pram or a baby strapped to him or something. He definitely done, had a child. He's done some impressive training over the last few months. He should yeah, have thrown on the Ballarat singlet, actually. Like, didn't he do, like, a 14K tempo around the lake in the morning? He, he wouldn't 
spend money on that, mate. He's tired of the oh, new blokes. This, yeah, towards the end of the season. No, just in general. Hmm. Just he wouldn't be buy, He wouldn't pay a membership like wouldn't that. Pay a register. Sure. All right. He's, he'll 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 somehow, you know, this bloke orders groceries from Coles, and you get free delivery if it's your first time. So every week he has to go to all this trouble of making up a brand new email address. No, he doesn't. <laughs> yes, he does. Every He's week. like ashwatson843 at gmail.com just so he can <laughs> fucking 10 bucks off his delivery. I just think all the money he saved, that's how he can fly himself to South Africa. <laughs> yeah, he's on fucking 200K a year as well at his job. He's, he paid his house off in two years. So the rich get richer. <laughs> <laughs> that's a problem in this country, isn't it? Good luck, Watto. All right, good luck, Watto. Yeah, you're tuning in. All right, boys, we're done. We'll do it all again uh, next week. Patreon supporters going to have an interview for you tomorrow afternoon, so keep a lookout for that, and that will be on next week's show. Might have a friend of the show between now and next week as well, and uh, another uncut question and answer episode. So plenty of bonus stuff over there to all those legends on Patreon who support us each and every week. Anything else, boys, before I turn off? No, just have a good week, guys. Same to you, fellas. See you later. See you later. The team at the Warnable Running Festival are giving away two free entries to any event distance to the listeners of the Inside Running Podcast. Entering is easy. Check out our Instagram feed for all the details on how to enter.